0: hello everyone and thank you for tuning into my podcast xena life is a dominatrix this is episode 50 this will be aired on tuesday october 31st 2023 halloween before i begin discussing today's topic i just want to note that on each and every of my podcast episodes you'll see a link that states support the show today and when you click on the link It leads to my Venmo page, and tips are greatly appreciated. So thank you very much. And Halloween, Halloween is tomorrow. I hope you all had a wonderful, adventurous, eventful Halloween weekend here in New York. On Saturday, it was an unusually hot day. It was 80 degrees, and on Sunday, yesterday, it was rainy, it was chilly, and uh, seven Saturdays in a row, it was just pouring rain here in New York. And so the other day, the curse has broke. The uh, It, it turned out to be a gorgeous day. It felt like summer again. Well, it was more like Indian summer. And uh, it was a very adventurous day. And then yesterday, when it was just raining all day, I just decided to just chill out. Watch a bunch of horror movies and uh, snack, binge watch, snack, fall asleep, <laughs> binge watch. Just a nice chilled out Sunday. So I hope you all had a great weekend. And uh, yeah, tomorrow, Halloween, I just, I can't believe it. it's already here. And uh, for Halloween, I hope you all continue to have a great spooky holiday. Dress up, be whatever you want to be, and uh, have a great time. Alrighty, today's topic, BDSM in the mainstream, part two. Uh, These are different articles that made news that have to do with BDSM, and uh, part one, I filmed Uh, back in July of 2023, discussing different news stories on BDSM. So this is part two. These articles are semi-recent. So this first article, Billie Eilish calls porn a disgrace and explains how it destroyed her brain from a young age. So she stated, I started watching porn when I was 11. She's now so angry that porn is so loved. Alrighty then. So first, um, a child should not have access to porn. Uh, myself, I did, uh, have access to porn because my parents were irresponsible at the time and they were young as well. And when I first, uh, got a peep of porn, I was like seven, eight years old and that was just very young. So What I had done was I um, I was up at night and I decided to go in the living room to browse the channels because I couldn't fall asleep. So I just wanted to watch TV. And then I came across the porno channel. Back then it was called the Spice Channel. And then I couldn't look away. And then I'm like, okay, there's. A man and a woman, and they're both naked. And then there's two women, they're both naked, touching each other. What is going on? And then I couldn't look away again. And then so I believe the next night, I'm trying to remember, it it was just so long ago, but I I believe it was like the very next night, the same thing. I wanted to tippy-toe to the living room and find this channel, and I stumbled upon this channel. And then I was caught. And then the day after, they, my parents got rid of the channel. And it was foolish for them to keep the channel, for sure. I mean, no parent should have a porno channel that has children, unless it's a password, uh, if you have a password to get the channel or something. So a child cannot access that channel. But back then, um, it was just... I think you you paid such and such a month for this particular channel and they wanted to have it and they were just very irresponsible to have that channel. And uh, yeah, and then so Billie Eilish in the article, she stated she was 11 when she started watching porn. That's pretty young. So my guess is that she also had such channel her parents did or something but no child should have access to porn whatsoever but nowadays it's easily accessible on the internet which uh, you know the, the children should have some kind of password to you know to not get access to these particular websites that has porn and these children are too young to um to be told, hey, go to this site, and who's telling them? Probably older brother, older sister, whatnot, and I—I I don't know. It's just that's just my opinion that children should not have access to the, such content whatsoever. Only my opinion. Next article: The NYC Health Department commended for promoting the use of walls during pandemic sex. The NYC Health Department would like everyone to get creative and up the kink factor when engaging in pandemic-era sexual activities. Consider using harm reduction strategies to reduce the risk to yourself, your partners, and the community. Okay. Among the tips are a reminder that you are your safest sex partner. Masturbation will not spread COVID-19. The second safest is someone you already live with, and some much appreciated encouragement about upping the kink factor in one's sex life. Alrighty then. I remember that uh, there was this article. I think it was posted sometime this year, but they were stating in this article, I don't know. It seems like a bullshit article. I I couldn't find it, but it was basically indicating don't have sex with a vaccinated person if you are unvaccinated because this and that and this and that can happen to you, blah. And, and then a friend of mine told me, like, she's like, she she told me pretty much the same thing. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. And where's the studies for this? And I don't know exactly what will happen to a an unvaccinated person, if they have sex with a vaccinated person, it could be all, all a conspiracy for all I know. It's like, okay, where's the studies? What could happen to the unvaccinated person? Can their sperm get affected? Can their <laughs> biological organs be affected? I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> Some of these news articles are pretty wacky. It's pretty much like, what it, what did they call it? Clickbait. And uh, yeah, another article, (laughs) researchers found BDSM produces pleasant altered states of consciousness. Uh, These uh, particular researchers studied a group of 14 experienced BDSM practitioners and assigned them either to the bottom role or to the top role. Um, for a BDSM scene. So out of the seven couples, two were in a long-term relationship, two of them were poly, two of them were just friends, and another couple were just complete strangers. Uh, The study had found that BDSM activities reduces uh, psychological stress and negative effect and boosted sexual arousal. Well, that's a positive thing, of course. And uh, it's an interesting study for sure. And I mean, what I advocate, I advocate like more couples should get introduced. uh, Adults should get introduced to BDSM. Uh, Watch a movie, watch um, like a play scene in a dungeon party. Maybe in your town there's dungeon parties and get inspired that way. And also there's a bunch of BDSM books where you can read a bunch of ideas on spicing up your sex life by uh, involving BDSM in the bedroom. So that's always positive, and uh, that's good. Next topic. Next news story, I mean. Why yoga and BDSM are more similar than you think. According to this particular research team studying the science of BDSM, At this college in Illinois, it makes sense that yoga and bottoming have similar benefits. When it comes to altered states of consciousness, this person had stated, BDSM is my new yoga. Yoga is a solitary practice in which one attempts to move gracefully from asana to asana to clear the mind with focused breath and push the body. BDSM looks violent from the outside, but it offers me the same benefits of escape, empowerment, and serenity. Um, For those, some people are actually discouraged about uh, trying yoga. Um, I met somebody in the past where I I told the person, yeah, yoga is a great workout. He's like, oh, no, 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 that's not for me. Well, I always say don't knock until you try it. And believe it or not, you could sweat like crazy when you're doing yoga and you basically practice a lot of breathing techniques, a lot of uh, meditation, different poses, stretch. Uh, it, it's a great, it's a, definitely a great workout. For those who have never tried yoga, I would suggest perhaps maybe start out with, let's see, 30 minutes. 30 minutes would be a good amount to start out with and take pause breaks have your glass of water with you bottle of water with you because <laughs> it it's looks can be deceiving but when you're actually doing yoga poses you you'll you'll definitely feel a sweat depending on which poses you're doing and uh, i suggest looking on youtube buying a yoga DVD, some of the DVDs on yoga, they have different yoga techniques, yoga poses, meditation. And uh, I would definitely suggest that. And uh, BDSM and yoga, um, I guess there's some similarities. I mean, you're posing uh, in yoga poses, BDSM um, sessions as well. And some sessions in BDSM can last... For an hour or more, and some of the yoga uh, workouts can be um, an hour or ninety minutes. The more advanced yoga workouts are about ninety minutes long. For buffer beginners, I would suggest thirty minutes. And when you're uh, when you're on a roll, when you're practicing yoga over and over and over again, you'll feel. I guarantee you, it just really, for me, myself, and I, it's just very stress-relieving. It's very therapeutic. And so is BDSM for me, my personal opinion. So don't knock until you try it, for sure. And, um, um, but yeah, this person that I, you know, I said, you know, hey, yoga's great. It's He's like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah you know he's missing out whatever he's i think he was back then he's into like lifting weights but uh beginners some people do yoga every day um but i would suggest maybe a couple times a week that's just my personal recommendation i'm not like a workout coach but those who have never tried uh, yoga Um, it's, it's, it's a great workout for sure. And let's see the article BDS. They stated, this person stated BDSM is my new yoga. So you focus on breathing, pushing the body. Uh, this person stated BDSM looks violent from the outside. I mean, it doesn't look violent. It looks like I don't know, some people have, like, for instance, if some people have never seen a BDSM scene before, they might think, oh, my God, you know, what's happening? What's going on? Oh, my God, that looks dangerous. Oh, my God, are they freaks? Oh, my God, is the person okay? <clears throat> but in scenes, the BDSM scene is safe, sane, and consensual. So I al- always, always, always advocate advocate for that. Safe, sane, and consensual. And, uh Yeah, both of these activities, uh, the article states both of these activities, it's a form of escape, empowerment, and serenity, and I must agree with that for sure. And it's all about giving up control over your body, letting someone else guide it into an altered state of consciousness. So when you're a bottom, you let the top just go to town on you. And if something's too much, just say your code word. Banana, mercy, strawberry. Um, yeah. And you just, you know, when you're bound to a St. Andrew Cross or a spanking bench, you just, you breathe, you close your eyes, you take it all in, you feel the sensations, you give up all control. Cause, cause, uh, and then afterwards, you feel amazing. So, Yeah. All right, this uh, next story um, Planned Parenthood torched for advocating BDSM in kink. So, this workshop for exploring sexualities, hosted by a clinic in Wisconsin, taught the basic concepts of BDSM to increase knowledge for all per- participants in, at all skill levels. Okay, vanilla isn't the only flavor. Exploring kink and BDSM, the event state uh, said, sexual diversity is a normal and healthy component of human behavior. There are more ways than we can imagine to delve into fantasies. The most controversial portions of Planned Parenthood sex ed are the curriculums of uh, taught to children in K to twelve education. Planned Parenthood chapters were involved in creating a K-12 curriculum teaching sex educators to avoid instructing kids not to engage in casual sex and called for the elimination of women from conversations on teen pregnancy. All righty. For me personally, my opinion my opinion they should not teach children about bdsm whatsoever cuz they're so young they're they're just young they're young people and uh bdsm should not be taught in the classroom in this organization to young children to young teenagers even um and i've said this in a previous podcast episode that Um, I was introduced to the term when I was about 16 years old in my psychology class, and then I did my own research, like, oh, what is this? What is that? And uh, it was a photo of Madonna dressed in PVC or latex or whatnot, and the article had to do with BDSM, and the psychology teacher decided to discuss this topic with uh, his students, and I was so intrigued that I did my own research after that, and the rest was history, and, I mean, sure, I was 16, where that age, you know, your hormones are just going crazy, but, but BDSM taught to people that are younger than 16, younger than 18, really, I mean, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. I, I hear more and more and more about BDSM being exposed to young people. And I don't think that's young people like children. And I don't think that's right whatsoever. That's just my personal opinion. And I'm not sure if this is in the teacher's curriculum or not. And if it is, my question is why? Why? You know, if they're, you know, I don't know. I, I just don't know. For me, some of these news stories are so unbelievable that I'm like, "Is this really for real? Is this?" And then when you see the images of these particular books, um, and they're being passed around to young uh, people, I'm like, "Why is this imagery in this book?" And uh, that this is all a part of the whole banned book movement. And my concern and my question is, okay, why is this extremely pornographic, um, explicit material in these books that are being passed around to 6th uh, graders, 8th graders, and whatnot? And uh, that's my question. Why? Why? You know? I mean, is it really part of the sex ed? What is it part of the curriculum? I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. So next topic, this was a request from uh, Facebook, um, and this person uh, um, emailed me stating if I could discuss mental health uh, with BDSM. So uh, there's this particular article that I stumbled upon by a Dutch study assessing the mental health of people into uh, BDSM compared to those who are more into vanilla sexual tastes. The researchers make the case that there is an assumption that people who engage in BDSM practices have some sort of mental health disorder or mental distress. They decided to test this assumption by analyzing responses of nearly a 1,000 Dutch BDSM practitioners to a series of personality and well-being questionnaires and comparing them to a con- control group. So people who engaged in BDSM appeared to have a good mental health profile and compared to control participants were uh, less neurotic, more extroverted, more open to uh, new experiences, more uh, less uh, sensitive to rejection, had a higher sense of well-being. Interesting. And then, um, yeah, that, that that's good. They should do more studies like that to see what effect with mental health and BDSM, if it's a positive effect, negative effect. And it seems like uh, these thousand Dutch BDSM practitioners, it seemed like a very positive experience for them, uh, according to this particular study. And, uh yeah, they should do more studies like that throughout the world to see, um, you know, if BDSM is really good. And I've stated in the past in my personal experience that for me, BDSM is healthy. For me, BDSM is great. For me, BDSM is empowering, is enjoy. I enjoy it. It's fulfilling, um, therapeutic. Um Yeah, it's all a positive experience in my personal experiences. And um, I've known other BDSM practitioners where it's the same thing. They feel great uh, doing, uh, being a top, being a bottom, being a human, um, human, uh, let's see, a human puppy or a cross dresser or, or a human gimp, or, or change into a different character, like they feel great being a sexy nurse, sexy teacher, or whatnot. And uh, that's, that's, that's what they enjoy, and that's what I enjoy, and uh, more, more, more power to them. And uh, those that are curious about trying BDSM, I would definitely suggest educating yourself. Read books on BDSM, watch movies on BDSM, um, if you have a a mentor in your town, perhaps contact the mentor so the mentor can guide you, or you and your partner and whatnot. Or if you're curious about seeing a dominatrix in your town or city, go for it. Yeah. So this was great. This was great to discuss, uh, BDSM in the news part two in the mainstream, and more and more. Um. I like to read positive news stories on BDSM and fetish. And then I hear about the negativity and it leaves a bad name to BDSM and uh, just negative, even like in mainstream media, they'll always broadcast a horrible news stories first. And then at the very end of a news segment, there's one or two positive news stories. So I'd like to read more and more positive because it, just makes me happy, and uh, when I read more and more negative, it just makes me angry, it makes my blood boil, and uh, just that's why I'm really I don't really watch mainstream media at all. I don't. Nope. 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 <laughs> so, but positive news stories are are good. So, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed uh, listening to me discussing this uh, topic on episode 50, 50, 50, I cannot believe it, I can't believe I filmed 50, uh, recorded 50 uh, episodes already, and uh, again, uh, I have a link that leads to my Venmo page, you'll see a link on my pat- podcast, and on each and every episode, that'll state, Support the show today, and uh, your tips are greatly appreciated. So, thank you very much for tuning in. Have yourselves a happy Halloween. <laughs> Have a great day.